Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I am your host, Cherie Sims, mama to six beautiful heavens, wife to Professor Hiram Sims, early educator, and this year's PBS Early Learning Champion. We are starting brand new this year. We're starting off going over my pillars for peaceful parenting, and we're doing this so we can all kind of have a foundation so that every other episode we listen to here sits within these pillars for peaceful parenting. And I tried to make it easy. The pillars are an acronym for peaceful, P-E-A-C-E-F-U-L. And last week we talked about the first two pillars, which were perception and education. So if you didn't listen to that, please go back and give it a listen. If you did listen to it, please go back and share it with a friend so that we can all kind of have this foundation, start the conversations, start the understanding from square one to help us in our journey for peaceful parenting. This week, we're going to go into pillars A and C, which are awareness and connection, but not before we do the peak and pit of our day. So the peak and pit of our day is something that I do with my family every day at the dinner table. Uh, It's a window into our days. It's a way to be able to share what's going on, the highs and the lows. You know how sometimes you ask your kids, like, how was your day? And they're like, it was good. I played. But they didn't tell you all the other things that happened. So sometimes asking about the peak and pit, it allows us to hear a little bit more about their day. It gives them kind of a reference point without tying them down to a very specific question And in the past, I've gotten lots of very interesting and valuable information during Peaks and Pits from how friends are treating one another at school, how teachers are treating them at school, how they're feeling about their schoolwork, new gifts that they may have found. So it's something we do all the time. I love it. I invite you to do it with your family. And we always do it here at Parenting for the Culture. The peak of my day was dropping the twins off at school. Uh, Matilda had James Brown, I'm black and I'm proud, stuck in her head. So as she walked from the car to her school, she was singing nice and loud. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And she just sang that on repeat over and over to the point where teachers that were by and other parents that were by heard her singing it. And when they'd see her and when she got up to them, they'd stop her and they'd say, hey, Matilda, say it loud. And she'd say back to them, I'm black and I'm proud. And that just, that fills me, y'all. It fills me to see my little four-year-old be black and proud and just full of joy and spreading joy. So that was for sure the peak of my day. The pit of my day uh, was that my father-in-law fell today, or he didn't quite fall. He was trying to get out of the bed and go somewhere on his own. And he got stuck kind of like in a kneeling prayer position or maybe like the catcher in baseball, that position but he can't get himself up from that position at all. Uh, And my husband wasn't home and the caretaker wasn't home. So my mom and I had to lift him up off the floor, which is no easy thing to do for anybody. You know, and I always wonder about his feelings and how he's feeling when he gets stuck and if he's uncomfortable. But fortunately for him, he was just laughing at me. (laughs) He thought it was hilarious that I'm over here throwing my back out trying to get him back in the bed because he didn't want to use his walker to go where he wanted to go. So I'm glad he's okay, and I'm glad he's still smiling and laughing, but my back needs a hot bath with some Epsom salts in it. So y'all, today we're going to talk about awareness and connection. Those are the next two pillars for peaceful parenting. And awareness, if you can, if you are somewhere where you have a notebook 
and a pen, or if you can slide over to the notebook section in your phone, I want you to take some notes today. I'm not only going to share with you why I think that awareness is important, but I'm also going to give you some practical things that you can start doing and putting into your life to become a more self-aware person. So I want to start with saying self-awareness, it's not just about knowing yourself. Awareness is also knowing how other people see you, right? And that's something that people have a really hard time with because there are times, and we live in this age where everybody's kind of like, the culture now is like, hey, don't don't worry about they say about you. Do what makes you happy. Do what's good for you. And I fully agree with that. I think you should absolutely know what is good for you. You should absolutely know what you need and what makes you happy. And you should do that. But you should also be aware of how it's impacting others. I heard someone recently say the difference between like intention and impact and that you can have great intentions, but impact can still hurt and cause you know, brokenness around you. They gave the example of a vase, that if there's a vase on a counter, you might be dancing in the living room and you might be having a good time and your intention is to bring joy to the space, but you might accidentally knock over the vase and now there's broken glass on the floor. So the impact was that there's broken glass on the floor. You still have to go and clean up that broken glass and make sure everybody around you is okay even if your intention was just to dance and bring joy to the space. So even though awareness is about doing what's best for you and knowing yourself best, it's still very important to know and understand how people around you see you, view you, and are impacted by your choices. One quote that I love that I heard Jay Shetty say, but it didn't come from him. I think it came from Jack Rosenblum. It says, if one person tells you you're a horse, they're crazy. If three people tell you you're a horse, there's a conspiracy. If 10 people tell you you're a horse, it's time to buy a saddle. So I say the same to you. If someone is saying, you know, it's you, you got a problem, maybe they're crazy. You can brush it off and say that's their problem and keep it pushing. If three people are telling you that, maybe it's a conspiracy. If several people are telling you the same thing, it is time to really practice self-awareness and take a look at yourself and see what's going on. Self-awareness can be difficult because it will cause you to notice things that you don't like about yourself. It'll cause you to reflect on traumas that might be there. It'll cause you to have to admit things uh, that are challenges for you, weaknesses for you. And nobody wants to admit, you know, that they're wrong or that Maybe they're not good at something. We want to be the greatest versions of ourselves. But truly, if you want to be the greatest version of yourself, and if you want to be the greatest parent to your child, self-awareness is one of the biggest key principles that you will have to practice with humility, with vulnerability, with clarity and honesty and truth and transparency, all of those things. You will have to practice it to be able to find the best version of you. I think of self-awareness something like digging for gems. Gems are going to be in the dirt. They're going to be in the mountains, in the rock, in the dirt. The only way to find them is if you dig through the dirt. And you may scratch the surface and find a cute gem or two that you can fit in your pocket. But to get to those real valuable ones, the rare ones, you've got to dig deep. And so to find your own gems as a person and as a parent, you've really got to be willing to dig through the dirt and dig deep to find the greatest value in you. 
Now, I don't just say this because I want you to be the greatest version and greatest parent, right? I do. I want that for you. I want that for your children. But I also notice that a lot of times when it comes to parenting, sometimes the greatest challenges that we have with parenting, we think have to do with our child when in fact they have to do with us. And if we're not able to self-reflect and be aware of where our triggers are coming from, where our worries, where our fears are coming from, then we're not able to help our child because we're constantly going to be addressing, let's say, our child's behavior. I'll give you an example. I have a parent who suffers from anxiety and some other mental health issues. To be honest, I don't know the extent of what this parent deals with. And then they have a child who's often dealing with like withdraw at drop off. You know, they're sad to see their parent go. They are very clingy and they weren't always that way. And this parent could look at this child and say, I don't know what's going on with this child. This child is so clingy now, you know, and she could be home Googling, how do I do a smoother drop off? How do I get my child to be more comfortable at school? How do I get my child to X, Y, and Z? So you might be sitting here trying to find all these things for your child when in fact your child is worried about you. Your child sees that you're stressed out, that you're sad, that you're feeling a certain way. And really the answer to your child's problem is take care of yourself or at least reassure your child, yes, I see that you see I'm stressed, but I'm taking care of myself and I have these things in line and these people in line to help me. This isn't your responsibility. I'm going to be okay. I want you to have a great day at school. Sometimes that little shift in noticing whether it is actually your issue that your child is responding to versus your child's issue, it's going to be a game changer in your parenting because you're actually going to be addressing what's happening, right? If you have a headache, right, and you go to a doctor because you think you need headache medicine, and it turns out that you have a tooth infection causing a headache, now you got to go to the dentist. It eliminates the back and forth of trying to go to all these places and figuring out all these different things. When you're self-aware, you're able to really recognize better what the problem is with you, with your child, and then you have a better starting point. So what are some of the things that we can do to practice self-awareness? One of the biggest things is asking questions. And as an educator, you know, you always hear, or not even as an educator, we always hear there are no dumb questions, right? I argue that. I think there are dumb questions. I'm sorry for the people who ask them, but I, I think that they exist. I think that there are questions and there are dumb questions and there are great questions. And part of self-awareness is finding the right questions to ask. One thing that a lot of us tend to do with ourselves and especially with our child is we ask all the why questions. Why questions tend to produce the worst outcomes for awareness, for happiness, for progress, whereas what questions and how questions, they leave us empowered and they give us a level of control where we can now change the narrative, answer the problem, change the situation. One amazing fact about the brain is that the brain is going to answer any question you ask it. So if you ask the brain, why am I overweight? The brain is going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, you're overweight because you sit down and you don't exercise and you eat fast food every day. And you know you like that ice cream at 11 o'clock at night every night. That's me, y'all. That's me. I'm the ice cream eater at 11 o'clock at night. 
I'm over here telling on myself. But the brain will answer all of those, all, all that for you, right? They'll list it. Your brain will list it and give you 20 reasons why you're overweight. Is that going to help you? Maybe. I mean, I guess I could stop eating ice cream, but stop eating ice cream doesn't actually, that's not the answer to why am I overweight? Now, if I ask the question, how do I get in shape? Or if I ask the question, what do I need to do to be healthier? Now my brain is going to come up with answers. Stop eating ice cream at 11 o'clock at night. Take a walk every day. Drink more water. So when it comes to practicing self-awareness, if you feel yourself stressed out with your child in a certain situation. I hear this question a lot. I hear parents ask the question like, why is this triggering me so much? Try to shift that why question to a what question or a how question. How can I calm myself down in this moment? What in this moment can I do to bring a little more balance to the situation? What is the priority right now? Because a lot of times, even in, in a situation, there are so many situations in parenting that we address with a life or death type of mindset. Like everything feels dramatic and everything feels increased. And there's really no balance or scale or rubric for when you can be relatively calm in how you address a situation versus when you have to like scream and run. You know, our nerves are on fire all of the time in parenting and they don't have to be. So instead of asking yourself, why am I so stressed out? Why am I so tense? Because honestly, that question is probably going to produce more stress because you ask it and it's going to tell you you're stressed out because all of these things are happening. And now on top of the stress, you're having a conversation with yourself. You're, you're right, brain. I am stressed out because of that. And actually, that's even stressing me more out now. So instead of asking that, ask yourself, how can I calm down right now? And then find yourself some tools and techniques to actually calm down. One of my favorite calm down techniques is a grounding technique that my therapist gave me. It's five, four, three, two, one. So simple. Find five things that you can see in the room, four things that you can hear in the room, three things that you can smell in the room, two things that you can touch in the room, one thing that you can taste in the room. That doesn't mean you have to taste it. Just find it. And what it does is it kind of pulls you out of the moment. It regrounds you. It centers you so that you're present in the moment and you can realize what is or is not an emergency. Another thing you can do is check in with yourself on a daily basis. Another why question that I think is a great one to avoid, and this one does pertain to your children. A lot of times our children will do something They'll say something, they'll be yelling or screaming or throwing a tantrum, whining, and we'll ask them, why are you whining? Why did that happen? Why did you throw that? Instead of asking that, why did you, why are you, why is this happening question, ask the question, what just happened? What are you trying to tell me? What are you needing right now? Because one, the why question, that leads with the story. It leads with the story of why are you whining? It leads with the story of you're a bad kid, you're misbehaving right now, which is not going to help your child in the moment, especially when they're already upset. They don't want to be criminalized in that moment because now they feel further from you. They feel disconnected from you, which we're going to move into connection next. But they feel disconnected from you, which makes you less of a person to help them in that situation. When you ask them what just happened or what are you trying to say, 
what are you needing? What are you trying to show me right now when you throw that? That leads with observation. Now we can, without judgment, talk about what happened. I'm able to connect with them a little bit closer. And we're able to move forward together on the same side of the problem as a team to have better cooperation and a better relationship and more peaceful outcome. So one other thing that you can do to practice self-awareness is at the end of each day, ask yourself these three questions. If you journal, I would journal it down. Again, if you journal in your phone, my husband does that, journal it in your phone. If you don't have time for journaling, like voice note it in your phone, whatever is easiest for you. But the three questions are, number one is, what went well in my day? Number two is, what didn't go well? And number three is, how can I be better tomorrow? And don't be overwhelmed by the third question. How can I be better tomorrow? That could simply be, I take two seconds before I react next time. I take two more seconds. It might just be, I wake up five minutes earlier. So those are the questions that I want you to ask yourself that will help you to be a little bit more self-aware on a daily basis. And the last thing that I want to talk about in terms of awareness before we move into connection is even the awareness of why you parent the way that you do. And I can tell you that for me, part of the reason why I chose gentle parenting as I know it to be is the history of Black people in America. I believe that a lot of the parenting that we see has to do with the urgency of every situation really historically being a life or death situation. When people were enslaved, their parents, it was one of those situations where it was like, either I'm going to beat you or the master's going to beat you. You can't say that because the master's going to beat you. You can't play on that because the master's going to beat you. You can't sit over there. You can't go over there because you'll die if you do that. Just living for Black people was a life or death situation. And for me, I want to raise free children. Now, I know this is a whole entire conversation up for debate, and I have both sides of the debate, but I know that even if the world is going to treat them a certain way at home with me, in their minds and their bodies, I want them to know that they are worthy of freedom. They are important enough to experience a free life and to experience safety and love in their house the way that any other culture, race, ethnicity is allowed to experience it. And God forbid if they do go out on that streets and they and they experience something less, at least they will have experienced freedom and love and safety for a duration of their childhoods at home with me. So now we're going to move into connection. So we talked a little bit about how awareness can disconnect or connect us from our children. And connection is another pillar that we're going to focus on. And of course, if you haven't gathered by now a certain pattern with me and with my pillars for peaceful parenting, the pattern is you. <laughs> you are at the foundation. You are at the bottom line. You are the common denominator between all the pillars, between all your experiences in parenting and with your children. It's you. So when you're practicing connection, always connect to self first before even trying to connect to your child or whatever situation is in front of you. 
I'll give you an example. For me, I know that the second week of every month, I'm going to be a little more irritable with my children. If they take five minutes to put on, five extra minutes to put on their shoes when we have to go, I'm aware and connected to the fact that my frustration doesn't actually have to do with the fact that they're taking a long time to put on their shoes because they do this every morning. I'm going through hormonal changes in this period of the month, and that stresses me out and lowers my patience. Now, having that connection to self, having that awareness to self, I'm able to change a few things. I might know, okay, the second week of the month, we all got to get up 10 minutes earlier because I don't have patience to be pushing our, our time limits. Or maybe dad has to take them to school this morning because I don't, I just don't have it this morning, but I'm aware and connected to self. Another thing it does is it eases pressure off of my child and allows them grace and fairness, right? Like it's not their fault. Or if I'm stressed out about bills, that's not their fault. I shouldn't take that out on them, but I have to be connected to self and connected to what's going on in my life to be able to show up as the person and the parent that I want to show up as. The other thing that we want to do is connect to our children. We don't just want to connect to our children uh, in moments when they're angry, although when they're facing challenges, whether behavioral, physical, whatever it is, connection is going to be one of the first steps that moves you towards progress. But in general, you want to be connected to your children. You want to know them. And we do this connection through spending time with them. I read in a book once that the best way to spell love is T-I-M-E. And sometimes that time can be silent and sitting next to each other. Sometimes that time is on a car ride to school, asking them what they want to listen to, singing at the top of your lungs with them. With my children, I love our car rides to school. I ask them to tell me what joy they see around them. And that fills me and that fills them. For us, It's simple. And the reason I'm giving you simple, tangible things is because if you're listening, you're most likely a parent and your day is like mine and incredibly busy. And you don't have the most time to always be feeling like, oh, I got to put in hours with my child every day. You don't have to put in hours with your child, but be intentional with the time, right? If you're in a car ride, use that time intentionally. If you're having dinner together, do the peek and pit and use it intentionally, Schedule your connection time with your children and with yourself the same way you would treat a urgent business meeting, right? You would not miss it. If you knew you were scheduled to meet with your boss because you had a raise coming up or you're proposing something, you have a presentation you want to give them or you have something you want to request of them, you are going to be prepared for that meeting. You're probably going to be a little bit early to that meeting. And God forbid, if something happens, you're going to communicate with them. You're going to let them know something came up. I can't make it. Can we reschedule? I want you to do the same thing when learning to connect with yourself and your child. You're going to schedule it. Schedule connection time for yourself. Schedule connection time for your child. And the great thing about scheduling time with your child is that, one, they have something to look forward to. Two, they have a routine with you where they know they're going to have that time for connection. Three, they feel important because you've scheduled it. And four, you have a way that even if things come up, meetings ran late, doctor's appointments comes up, you can still reschedule it and let them know that they're important and that you're thinking about them. And during these times of connection, do different things and learn about them, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour. 
kind of sit back and watch them. Watch what makes them frustrated. Watch what makes them happy. Watch what they're good at because this is going to help you in other areas. One thing I notice with my son is that sounds, too many sounds overstimulate him. I tried to take him to the Martin Luther King parade, which I thought was going to be so much fun, but he was overstimulated by the amount of people there, by all the noises there. There were marching bands. And so my son turned into that son who was literally kicking over trash cans, yelling, I want to leave. I hate this. I want to go. Now, immediate me wanted to be like, boy, you better stop kicking that trash can. I wanted to scoop him up under the under the armpit and drag him back to the car. But I realized because I've spent time connecting with him, I recognized that I kind of put him in an unfair situation and set him up to lose his mind a little bit and to a point where he couldn't control it. I remember when he was a newborn, the doctor even told me, don't talk to him while he's eating. He won't be able to eat if you talk to him. It's too much focus. He's a preemie. That's going to overstimulate him. He's going to get confused. If that's true and that's medical and that's science, that doesn't change over time. If somebody's overstimulated, that can affect other parts. So me expecting him to control and manage his anger when I have just put too much on him is unfair. But if I was not connected to that, if I was not connected to the importance of my being at the parade and realizing why it was bothering me so much that he was acting this way because I wanted to be there, I would have addressed the situation very differently. Instead, my husband and I were able to ask this how question, how can we all get what we need and enjoy this parade? And we figured out that we needed to take him to the car. My husband and I had to shift roles. And then we were one of us was in the car with him for periods of time where we were able to connect with him and create that safe space. And at the end of the day, everybody was happy. So y'all, I love to give homework. And my homework for today, it goes back to awareness. My homework is to go over those three questions, right? What went well in my day? What didn't go well? And how can I do better tomorrow? And I'm really, really excited to be starting off the year this way really excited for Black history. Y'all go outside and yell, say it loud. I'm Black and I'm proud. Be Matilda, okay? Be Matilda. Tap into your inner Matilda today. Connect with Matilda today and go outside and say it loud. I'm Black and I'm proud. We are going to continue here with the Pillars for Peaceful Parenting. So far, we have done perception for P, education for E, awareness for A, connection for C. And we've got one, two, three, four more pillars to go. So keep coming back, bring a friend, share this podcast. And y'all, it's open for conversation. If you have things you want to share, thoughts that that are just burning and you want to share, you can DM me on Instagram at Cherie Sims, or you can leave a comment right here in the show notes. But do that. Get the conversation started. Let's talk about these things. Let's talk about awareness and connection and perception. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'll talk to you all later. Peace, everybody. Bye.